and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where today I am joined by my good friend Matthew Twart. Now, similar to myself, Matthew's rugby career peaked in primary school, so we won't be covering either of our lives on the field, but instead we chose to put together our all-black squads based off of the seven rounds of Super Rugby. Now, there were some indifferences, but we did go into a decent amount of detail to justify each of our selections. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank everyone that's tuned in to both Salisi's and Peter's interviews over the past week. I've had a lot of fun doing them and received a lot of positive feedback and it's something that I will look to do more of while we are in quarantine, so please do keep your eyes peeled. Anyway though, I will let the audio roll from mine and Matthew's yarn and yeah, let you guys know who we thought was deserving of a black jumper. So yeah man, I guess we'll start off with the whole ISO thing bro, because you're parked up over in Aussie. What's I am, like? I am indeed. Yeah, so it's it's been a weird. What has it been now? Probably three weeks now that we've kind of been working from home and just um, slowing down. But yeah, it definitely seems like um, Scott Morrison and all the state premiers are kind of taking it a little bit more chilled out than uh, Jacinda and and company over there. So, I mean, we're in we're in stage three at the moment. I'm not sure how the stages compare to New Zealand's restrictions, but. Still doesn't quite seem to be as strict as um, what's going on in New Zealand at the moment. But, yeah, still weird times nonetheless. How are you going, mate? Yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, I started working from home last Monday. So, obviously, things sort of escalated quite a bit the, the past fortnight in terms yeah. of the number of cases that picked up and what was going on for the rest of the world. So, all right, we sort of left work, not last Friday, but the, the Friday beforehand and we got told to take our laptops home just in case anything got worse over the weekend, and it did. And then we went into lockdown last Wednesday night, and yeah, sort of just been trying to adjust to working from home. I mean, it's quite nice to yeah. uh, just sort of roll out of bed and just jump on your laptop. But yeah, man, my my uh, sleep schedule has gone out the window. Eh? I've been <laughs> I've been pretty bad. I'll get out of bed kind of like five to nine and crawl to my desk and log in, and then. Just be sitting around like a slob for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like anybody else that's been forced to work from home, eh? Like, I don't get changed, like, unless I actually need to. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, I'm just in my robe, eh? So. <laughs> that's me right now, actually, in my robe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll, um, we'll crack into the footy. Uh, so, what we were, for those of you that are listening, what we're looking to do is just sort of pick our sort of projected all black squad for the, or what was meant to be the upcoming Wales series. So, yeah, I guess we'll start in the front row. So my starting props were going to be Joe Moody and Nepo Laulala. Now, I know Nepo hadn't actually taken the field, but he was mm-hmm. actually travelling to South Africa before yeah. the Chiefs got called back. And that's sort of something that we're going to have to sort of get through with. This is obviously, uh, obviously, well, without giving too much weight, I've picked guys like Artie Sevilla, even though he hasn't played this year because I'm yeah. not too sure about where he's going to come back and yada, yeah. yada, yada. But um, who was your starting front row? Yeah, so I've I've taken a different route there. I haven't um haven't given Nepalalala a look in there. Uh, I've gone for Carl Tuinukawafi and Offatunga Fassi, the two Blues boys. Yeah, so I think I think Offatunga Fassi's ball running is kind of second to none in the New Zealand ranks for the the propping. gives gives that a little bit more punch up there. Scrummaging probably a bit of a question mark. So 
if, if I was to actually predict who the All Blacks were going to pick in their starting team, I don't think Tonga Fassi would fall in there. Maybe Tui Nukawafu, but uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Moody, I think, would probably be a safer option there if, if you're actually going from a, uh, Ian Foster's viewpoint. I mean, and I think the beauty with Tonga Fassi as well is that he does play both sides. Yeah. And like, that it, seems to kind of have been in, in his favour those past, what, two seasons or so that he had yeah. been selected, right? Like, that's. That was one of the, the main things. It's, it's still not very common, is it? No, not at all. But it's sort of a weird one because among sort of the, the staples for the Blues this season, for me, was was their wicket set piece in the front row yeah. um, in the engine room. And I think, obviously, things got a lot better for the Blues as the season progressed and they started to put together wins. But there was always that platform there for the Blues. It was just about them figuring it out. So I, I, I guess off form, bro, like I definitely agree with you about having like an all-Blues front row. But... Again, sort of, it's one of those things when you get to the test level that you sort of have to mix in experience, and you know, there's obviously a bit of favoritism that yep. goes in with the All Black Sippers. So, so my my bench guys, I guess, or the guys who wouldn't be part of the starting lineup, I've gone for Offer and Carl as well. Yeah. And then I've only gone with five props, and my fifth prop is Tyrell Lomax. Now he's nice. been one that sort of worked uh, into the system. Yeah. He went on the end of year tour, not last year, but the year before. And again, he plays both sides as well. And yeah. he's been a real staple for the, uh, for the Hurricanes front row and seems to have really turned around. Because that was sort of one of the of the old adages with the Hurricanes is that they really struggled in their type five. Yeah, for and sure. If, and if anything, he's actually sort of changed that around um, with the likes of Fraser Armstrong. and. Yeah, I can't actually remember what game it was. It was, I think it was one of the the last games to be played for the Canes this year, but they they had like a really dominant scrum in one of those games, and that I remember sitting and watching. I was like, "That's that's got to be one of the first times I can remember in years that like the scrum was actually doing well, like winning a loose head or whatever was happening, or winning penalties or something." Like I, I was quite startled, and then obviously like Tyrell, it's his first year there, so and um, you got to put a bit of credit in his corner, I think. Yeah, I've, I've also obviously gone for five props there. I think probably my most controversial pick would be Aiden Ross, the Chiefs' <laughs> Lucy. Yeah, yeah he yeah. um he's stood out to me this season. I think he's been injured at least the last one season, maybe the last two seasons. But yeah, he's just one of those kind of classic. Just gets his hands dirty, makes heaps of tackles, does all the all the nitty gritty. Probably not the best ball runner, but seems to scrummage well and does everything you want. So along with him, I've also got Tyrell Lomax and Atu Moli. So I've I've left out Joe Moody controversially, and uh, <laughs> I don't think the All Blacks would be doing that. But uh, in my personal opinion, that's who I'd go for. So Tuinukawafi, Ross, Tonga Fasi, Lomax, and Moli for me. Yeah, he had that wicked leg break. I think it was last year. Yeah, and yeah, I think he might have had like an ACL tear as well. But yeah, he was my sort of guy that was on the fringe. Yeah, I've got him noted down as a fringe guy. And yeah, it's as much as like we're seeing sort of the rise of sort of the bolters and the rookies through the Super Rugby campaign. Obviously, we'll touch on them as we get through to the positions. Mm-hmm. I think like the sort of things I sort of tried to sort of take a step back with is that you can't just sort of throw all these young guys in there and expect them yeah. to perform. It's sort of, you have, you have to keep the older guys in the environment and then maybe sort of bleed guys in. But yeah, again, For sure. like, and especially at, at, like in the front row, like, like with a prop, like you're not going to, you're not going to see a Xavier Newman or Alex Fido or something just get thrown in there at the age of 21 or 22. Like that's very uncommon. Obviously a Safuamua made it 
couple of years ago as like a 20 year old or something but I think that was you know an exceptional case definitely so on the note of hookers progress here and so my starting hooker is Cody Taylor have you gone with the same I have yep and um, my... yeah I was just going to say I think Cody Taylor is probably selection by default I don't think I'd been impressed at all by the hookers this year to be completely honest but yeah go on continue with your list yeah I think Again, sort of touching on experience, you have to have Dane Coles in there because mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not that big a fan of Liam Coltman and Nathan Harris. I mean, obviously they're good players and they play well enough at the Super Rugby level, but none of them yeah. have really impressed me when you get to the test level because yeah. it, is, it's, it is just that sort of massive jump. So obviously you have Dane Coles on the bench and then my third string hooker because I've picked three hookers. Um, mm-hmm. I am a bit of a homer with this, and um, I do know the guy, but I have gone with a suffle. Now, yep. he's sort of been a guy that burst onto the scene uh, through my team cup, and then he went on the All Blacks NBA tour, but then he had a few niggly injuries going into the following season from his All Blacks campaign, and has really sort of struggled to sort of find, you know, sort of that form up until yep. now, and he's sort of been behind the likes of Ricky Riccitelli and Dane Coles, and... Yeah. It is a weird one for him because obviously Dane Coles re-signed um, and is staying in New Zealand. And so it was sort of like one of those things where was it best for him to, you know, move to the Highlanders or move to the Chiefs or maybe not the Blues because, you know, the Blues are sort of a poison chalice or they were. Yeah, before, before uh, yeah year. it would have been a bit of a risk, right? Yeah, uh, just, I think, just for the sake of game time. Exactly, yeah. Moving up there, like, he almost certainly would have been starting hooker, right? Like, they've got Kurt Eklund and James Parsons who are just nowhere near his class. So. Yeah. That would have been obviously a appealing factor, but yeah, the just the security of being around the the Hurricanes, I suppose, and like the team that have you know, taken taken him under their wing, I suppose, is was enough to keep him here. I think he made the right choice as well, like learning from Dane Coles, and and I suppose having that competition is probably healthy as well, right? Like mm-hmm. not only Dane Coles but Ricky Riccitelli as well. Like that's that's a really deep three hooker rotation there that any one of them could start at a Super Rugby club and and you'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, as I said before, Cody Taylor was also my starting hooker. Uh, Liam Coltman, I've chucked in there in, in place of Dan Coles, and I've also gone with a Suffolk more. It's my third hooker. Um, I was giving Samasoni Tokiaho a bit yes. of consideration. Yes. Um, he's been really impressive this year, I think. Like he's He's been pretty tidy with his um, general line-out work, and then his ball running is, is probably his biggest asset. I don't like to give hookers a lot of credit for line-out walls, obviously, because there's what, eight other guys in there that are doing probably harder work than any of the hookers, but um, people people like to look at the tries that hookers score. Um, but yeah, Tokiaho is probably was just missed out from a Safuwa more for me. He's sort of the similar, similar mould to a Safuwa as well. Definitely, um, and, and I quite... didn't, I didn't realize how young Tokiyaho was as well. He's only twenty-two. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know why I had it in my head that he was you know around twenty-five, twenty-six. So it's pretty encouraging for the Chiefs there to have a, a young bloke like him in the ranks as well. Yeah, and it's sort of the perfect time to probably bleed someone like him or a suffer in because when I look at the ages of the rest of them, so Dane Coles is thirty-three, Liam Coltman's thirty, and Cody Taylor's twenty-nine. So there's a massive age difference. Yeah. between sort of your first-class hookers and the guys who are sort of showing the potential to take that next step up. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, leaving out Dan Coles was a, was a tough one, obviously. Like, he brings a, a wealth of experience. And, and when he's at his best, like, he's 
quite comfortably the best hooker in the world. I think maybe Malcolm Marks is up there as well. But I just haven't haven't really seen enough from him since yeah. his ACL injury to to have him back in there. Plus, I think some of his off wall stuff has been uh, quite <laughs> infuriating for me to watch. Probably uh, coming as a Hurricanes fan, I notice it more than others. But it's I don't know if it's yeah. ramped up or something lately. But it's just yeah. one of those little things that you kind of pick up as a as a viewer and sometimes can't get out of your head so that's probably just me there but yeah, yeah decided he, Coleman over there. <laughs> he does indeed i was scrolling down the old facebook feed what a week or two ago and that classic clip of um him like riling up michael hooper as um julian severe scored the try <laughs> and let his low a few years ago <laughs> that was classic that's so good uh, and, and yeah, sort of with Colts, he's always, he's sort of been injury plagued the last couple of years. He's always sort of picked up a niggle and he's in one game and he's out the next. So yeah, yeah he's I mean, probably onto it with that, um, having Coltman in there. So yeah, like, you know, he's, he's nothing exciting and by no means would he be my first choice, but, um, I think he's just, yeah, does, does his job well enough and he's, he's a kind of consistent enough performer at the international level as well that yeah. I thought I'd chuck him in there. Not going to win your game, but um, most of the time isn't going to lose you either. So Exactly. Yeah. Good choice. We'll move on to the second row where I have gone with Scott Barrett and it, it's a little weird one like because obviously the New Zealand rugby you made the exemption for Sam Whitelock to come yep. back and play, so you sort of have to have him in there, but the other guy that has stood out among sort of similar to the hookers, I haven't really been um, all that impressed. I mean, I have been impressed, but no one sort of jumped off the screen to be like, yep, I'm an all black sort of thing. So I went with Scott Barrett, uh, Sam Whitelock, and Patrick Twidwater. Yep. Yeah, nice. Uh, that's Those are the same three that I've got there as my top three. Are we going to go Are we gonna go four locks here or just stick with the three? I, I went with three because I've got a bit of cover in my Lucy's. Um, yeah, okay. With a bit of versatility, but yeah, now you go on. If you got a fourth guy, elaborate. Yeah, so uh, Isaiah Walker Leawitty was going to be my fourth choice there. Um, I think he's just been been really good since he's come onto the scene. Obviously, played a couple seasons for the Lions now, and has kind of owned the or one of the starting lock positions this year at the the Hurricanes. I think he's just he's really solid. Like he's he's kind of got that game about him where he, he can do it all. He can run the ball well. He defends really well. Like he's he's kind of joined that Sam Lousy gap where he's he's become yep. pretty good at like holding defenders up and creating malls and just yeah, seems to win a lot of line out ball. I think he's really good and obviously a young bloke as well. So if they're looking to groom any locks, I think Walker Leawitty would be the guy I'd be going for. Yeah, he was one of the guys that I sort of was really hammering home with my uh, Super Rocky recaps sort of post that first round game for the Hurricanes. Yep. And they inserted both him and a suffle. I just think they, because those guys are big, solid boys, they just yep. add a bit of punch, um, a lot of go forward. And yeah, like you said, they're a lot more physical on defense. Yeah. And I think when you get to that, again, like that test level, when you have to play the likes of the Springboks and the English and, you know, a lot of those, the, the big bruising teams, having someone like Isaiah in your team can actually, you know, pay dividends. So. Exactly. Even even, even just women. like having that one more effective ball runner in the in the pack, I think just makes such a big difference. So I think he's he's quite clearly the best ball running lock that we have in the country now that Rotalic's gone. Maybe Jesse Paretti might be up there, but yeah, I think he's he'd really be one to consider for the All Blacks 
if not this year, then definitely in a year or two. Yeah, you mentioned Paraty as well. Like I'm, I'm actually a really big fan of Paraty. He, he's got, I like his personality when he's on the field. He's, you know, he's very sort of like everywhere and he celebrates all the small wins. Yeah. I can see him being a really awesome team guy, but he's not quite probably tall enough to be an international lock. I think he sort of stands about in that 1.9 yeah. mark. Whereas you sort of want to be sort of pushing two meters, you know, sort of one ninety five, one ninety six minimum. For sure, yeah. Just, we, for, and just for line out, so. Yeah, we had seen him play quite a bit at six and, and like minor ten card. I think maybe even for the Chiefs a little bit last year. So his his move to lock is maybe just because of the the excess and Lucy's. So yeah, I'd argue that lock isn't his his best position, of course. But yeah, just touching on him, like he's. No doubt, he's he's a massive, got a massive work rate, like probably the biggest out of any of the locks that we've talked about, maybe excluding Scott Barrett. But I think I kind of see his his attitude the opposite way to yours. Like he he has done some some silly stuff on the field that have cost his team. I don't think as much this year in Super Rugby, but definitely for Bay Plenty and the minor ten cup. Was it last year, maybe even the year before? So little things like that that I think he needs to kind of iron out of his game, just getting in people's grill all the time, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. But for the All Blacks, I don't think that's what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a fair call, man. I mean, you'd, you'd like to think that when you get into the All Blacks fold that they sort of iron that stuff out and mm-hmm. they have it like be being a controlled thing. But I don't know, like... I. As much as, you know, you sort of get annoyed at guys like him and Coles who can maybe get a little bit too over the top, I think that's almost like a bit of X factor for me personally and yep. sort of something that, I don't know, gives the All Blacks sort of their edge rather than them all sort of being like robots. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, it's it's, it's personal opinion. So, no, I, exactly. I, but I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah, one of those things that can go both ways, right? Like, it's yeah. you can see it as a major positive or it can be a major negative. Uh We'll wrap up with the Lucy's with the Fords. Now, at six for me, I'm not sure how well he go at the international level, but he's obviously been the standout or among the standouts uh, in Super Rugby this season. I've gone with Lachlan Boshier. Mm-hmm. At open side, I've gone for his teammate, Sam Kane. And then at number eight. Now, number eight's sort of a weird one because if I was sort of picking... Um, a team and I had all the players available to me, I would probably pick Artie Severe at number eight. Yep. But considering he's sort of coming off of injury, I'll, I'll keep Artie in there or I can, I've got another guy who I can rotate in. Uh, maybe we'll get to that, but uh, probably Hoskins Satutu at number eight as well. So, yeah, what, what were your six, seven, and eight? Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I had a very similar train of thought there with Lock and Bush here. Yeah, been playing six all year for the Chiefs and been amazing. And clearly the best Lucy in the competition, I think. But, yeah, as, as you said, there might be doubts about him at the international level. And also, kind of, if you're pairing him with, with Sam Kane at seven, you know, like Popok and Hooper with the two two ball feature kind of things didn't really work out for the Aussies. I don't know if that's comparable, but it's kind of something to take note of there. That's so, um, Lock and Bosch here, Sam Kane. And then Gareth Evans was who I had as... If if I thought the All Blacks were selecting a, a starting eight, eight from Super Rugby this year, I thought they'd go with him. Um, so Boshier, Keynes, Evans would be my back three, or my back row, I should say. Um, but personally, I would like to see Hoskins or Tutu in there. And then filling out the rest of my, my Lucy's for the squad, I'd have Tom Robinson, Artie Severe, if we're going to be picking injured players. 
And mm -hmm. also, if we're going to be picking injured players, but obviously well out of contention, is James Lynch's, who obviously have suffered that horrific league break yeah. a couple of months back now. So, yeah, it's a matter of matter of how we're going to do the selection criteria here with picking injured players and not picking injured players. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll round out uh, my other three list forwards. Uh, yep. uh, so obviously you either go Artie or Hoskins at number eight, so that takes up one of the reserve spots depending on who you start. And then my other two were uh, Vi Fafita. Now I have Fafita in there because he can provide that cover at lock. Yeah, yeah, that was why I chose Tom Robinson, so... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah inter interesting there. Good point. And then my my other Lucy, uh, I thought he was similar to Hoskins and O'Shea, and that I thought he was sort of probably too good not to pick purely out of form is Tom Christie. Yeah, nice. Now he is he is a specialist seven. Yeah. But yeah, his he's he's just unbelievable. Like around the park, the amount of tackles he makes, he he wins a lot of his tackles as well. It's not sort of the ones where you know guys are running at him and. They're falling over him. He's yeah. he's actually dominant in the contact area, and he's probably been the leading Lucy for the Crusaders. And yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And then my other guy, who I sort of had on the fringe as well, who again is in the Crusaders setup as well, but I'm not sure whether or not they'd be able to pull him in, is Cullen Grace. Mm -hmm. He was another one that really impressed me, it, despite only being sort of again at that sort of 190 centimeter mark. He he's been really good at sort of pinching the ball at line out time. Yeah, especially in yeah, that Blues that's, game, it's the one that he really stood out. Yeah, that's that's like the big standout from him, right? He he was just picking them off at will. I think the the following game as well, he was just plucking them out of the air like they were nothing. Yeah. And yeah, I, I actually had a really he's tough time as well. Like that, 20, that was sort of well, the, he, that's the other thing that sort of blew me away. It's like, damn, this guy's so young. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think I think we're still loaded for Lucy's in this country. I, I had a really tough time trying to dwindle it down to six. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of stated who I'd chosen before, but then obviously guys like Satutu, Christie, even Tom Sanders down at the Crusaders, I thought had been um, been trucking away nicely. Dupasi Karifi, just you know, probably behind Boshier and and being the the country's second best pilfer of the ball, I think. I mean, he's still a young bloke and still probably just going to keep getting better and better. So I think it's only a matter of time before he's in the All Blacks. I did obviously consider Vifa Feeder, Marino, Michaeli Tu'u as well down at the Highlanders. Peter Gusto or Kula even came across my mind. Like there's there's so many Lucy's that are kind of not quite there, but still, you know, like really good super rugby players. Yeah. Duplessis was another one that I had sort of given some consideration. And I think, like you said, he's awesome at the jackal um, in terms of getting over the ball. and But I actually mentioned this to him. I, I met him about a month or so ago. And one of the, like, you know, sort of me just, you know, trying to sort of spin a yarn with this rugby guy. Do you know how much I love to talk about it when I'm on the source? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, bro, can I, can I, you know, can I tell you something, bro? Like, can I be honest with you? Like, trying to be a coach sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was up to. Never but, shy um, of an opinion. No, not a good And... I said, like, probably the only difference between him and Lachlan is that I find he's he's almost going, like, 100 miles an hour, and yep. he's just always so aggressive at the breakdown that he does get penalised quite a bit. Yeah. And there are times where, you know, where the Canes will be, you know, sort of under their own sticks or in their own 22, and he'll go for the ball, and it might 
you know, it's sort of the time where you probably don't want to go for the 50-50 balls. Because mm. if he gives away a penalty, it's an easy three. Now, like, yeah, yeah exactly. again, don't get me wrong, but I love his attitude towards the game. You know, he's into everything. And he's not the biggest bloke either. Yeah, um, he's so strong. Yeah, but... Yeah, he's so hard to move once he gets over the ball. It's sort of disappointing, obviously, with the season coming to a hold that he, you know, for a lot of these guys, they can't sort of continue to work on their game. You know, like, hopefully the yeah. game gets back at some stage. But yeah, he was really he was really making strides sort of as the weeks went on and especially that Chiefs game. I think he yeah. only gave away like one penalty. And yeah, yeah that's the thing. Fun. I think I think he was definitely learning. Like you I think you'd you'd become more accustomed to the tendencies of like referees at that level, what they do let go, what they don't let go, or even even probably like particular referees have their own little things about, you know, what they're good with and what they're not good with, or some, some refs might scream hands off, some refs might not, little things like that, that I think are probably just things that he'll pick up along the way, and will just, you know, help him just get that little bit better that he needs to do to, to crack the All Blacks. Yeah. Sweet, man, I think that wraps up our, our forward pack chat, so we'll move on to the halfbacks. Sweet, mate, so I'll stick with uh, old reliable Aaron Smith as my starting halfback. Um, now that's coming from an all-backs perspective. Personally, uh, I think Brad Weber has been the top halfback in the country this season by Agreed. A, a decent margin, I would say. Um, and then the third halfback I'd take on tour would be TJ Perinara, but I'm not thrilled about it. No, well, well you know me, bro. I've never been that <laughs> big a fan of Perinara. Yeah. Um, he's really awesome at scoring tries. He's always around the ball. He's big and physical, but I think for the All Blacks sort of game plan, I don't think he was he quite fitted that mould. Um, Brad Weber has been the standout halfback. Like similar to you, I would pick Darren Smith to start because you know he's played close to 100 caps and yep. he's one of the, um, the senior leaders in that All Black group. But he, if I was he very my... rarely has a has a bad game in a black jersey, does he? No, yeah, yeah, exactly. So my backup halfback, that's sort of a hot take that I had a couple of weeks ago as well. But I guess it's not so much a hot take because Brad Weber has just been so awesome these past sort of 18 months mm. that I would actually have him on the bench because similar to Perinara, he's very good with his support play. Loves yep. to have a snipe. Very, very quick. And if anything, he's he's probably got the second best pass in New Zealand outside of yep. maybe someone like Bryn Hall. Now, Bryn Hall was another guy that I had on the cusp. And I think was one of the other things that I brought up previous podcast, but I think if Scott Robertson had got the All Black job, we might have seen Bryn Hall, you know, sort of get a bit of a look into it because yeah, before Scott Robertson got to the Crusaders, Mitchell Drummond was actually one of those guys who was sort of being touted as a potential All Black in terms of like sort of being that third string. Obviously, we had guys like Tuiro Tuiorangi in there. And unfortunately for Drummond, Scott Robertson took a really big liking to, to Bryn Hall, and he's been, since he moved down from the Blues, he's he's been pretty good. Like He's one of those guys who doesn't really make any mistakes. I'm really impressed by his support play as well. He scores a lot of tries just from backing up and being the last set of hands. But yeah, I think I think when you when you think about the three halfbacks that you'd realistically take, that you can't really not give Piranara that nudge considering the experience that he has. But, and then again, yeah, you pick Weber on Foreman. Aaron for his leadership. Yeah, yeah, I think you, you'd have to be pretty brave to suggest that the All Blacks were looking at moving on from Piranara just yeah, purely because he's been around for so long. And it's not like he's taken a backward step this year or anything. I don't no, think, I think it's just 
I think there's always just kind of been that separation between him and Smith, and then Weber's just kind of joined Smith in that top echelon over the past what year and a half or however long it's been. Yeah, Sam Sam Knock, I've actually been quite impressed with this year as well. Like he only mm-hmm. recently has he been starting for the Blues, or or not recently I should say, but only the last kind of few rounds of Super Rugby. But th- when he has started, when he's been given the opportunity, I think he's he's been pretty solid. Like he's got a really good pass on him. Probably not as as dynamic or as much of a support runner as as the three that we've spoken about. But down the line, when one of these guys either leaves the country or retires or whatever it might be, then he's probably got a good chance to to fill the gap there. I think. Mm-hmm. Now we'll talk about tens. Now again, like I obviously going off the the template that we had for the the twenty eighteen end of year tour, they picked three first fives. I picked. Well, I had picked three, but I've only put two of them down as first fives, those mm-hmm. being Bowden Barrett and Richie Moonga. Yeah. And, like, obviously Barrett is a first five, but he's been used in that dual playmaker role by the All Blacks the past 12 months. Yeah. And, again, we who's to know what Ian Foss is going to do when the All Blacks do eventually take the field? Now, obviously my third string first five would be Damian McKenzie but I've included him in my outside back. So have you gone for something similar? Yeah, yeah, I kind of went through the, a similar conundrum in my head. So also, obviously, we're not sure about Ian Foster's mindset with Bowden Barrett, but I've included him him in there as well as um, Richie Moonga and Aaron Cruden. So mm. I think Damien McKenzie is obviously not a first five Maybe you, you can get away with them at Super Rugby, but definitely not at international levels. So I've I've gone for three quote unquote first fives in my selection, but Bowden Barrett probably gonna be playing fullback, I would guess. Yeah, who's who's to know really? Because obviously off the back of the the World Cup semi final loss last year, they did take a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. I was personally a fan of it. Um, I think the like Barrett. It's not like Barrett doesn't look at home at first five. I think it was sort of one of those things where there was so much sort of scepticism around it that if it didn't come off, people were going to be up and arms with me, you know, like, why don't you play Ben Smith at fullback? You know, experience counts over this. You've only been using it this year. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, I think Richie Mwanga's form the past three years was almost, he was almost too good not to have on the field. And he was a more reliable goal kicker than Bowden. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, there's... As as much as I'm I'm against the Crusaders and stuff, I I try not to um hinder my perception of what's you know, the the players on the field and, and yeah, Richie Mwanga, as tough of a pill as it was to swallow, like he had just been really bloody good. And I think the same can probably be said about Aaron Cruden this year. Like he's he's just been that good that I found it impossible for him to, to be left out of my squad. Like I don't actually know how he's gonna fit in there. Like is is he better than Richie Mwanga at the moment? I don't know. Like that's up for Ian Foster and his selection team to decide, and I think that's like that's a really hard choice. Yeah, yeah. Again, I've been a massive fan of Cruden since he's come back. I mean, I've always been a fan of Cruden, but his form with the Chiefs this year, especially just you know obviously running the cutter and uh, mm. kicking the goals, he's yeah he's been a real standout. But I guess the thing that sort of held me back from including him in the squad is his age. Yeah. So it's like, and because he's only a specialist first five. You can't really... I mean, you can have him on the bench, but I think if you're going to have someone like Damian McKenzie 
in that 33, I think you're probably going to have him on the bench and just have him as the cover. You know, like if Mwanga goes down, Barrett goes to first five, McKenzie steps in at fullback. Yeah. And, you know, vice versa. So, yeah. That was sort of my thinking. But, yeah, again, like it, it is one of those things where Cruden has been really, really good. But I think just because of Mwanga's age, and he's probably the future at 10 going forward because he is a little bit younger than Barrett, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd say so, right? Like he's already got a, a World Cup under his belt now, so I think it'd be it'd be daft to kind of drop him out of your plans temporarily just for Aaron Cruden to slot in there for a couple of years and then try to bring Moanga back in. Like that, that just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, yeah I, yeah, I think there's a good chance that Cruden gets selected if any if any internationals <laughs> do go ahead this year. That yeah. I think there's a good chance Cruden Cruden does get selected for just. You know, those those kind of little side games, I suppose you'd call it. Like, I don't even know who they've got scheduled, but Italy or Scotland or whoever. Yeah. On to the punch in the midfield. I have gone with Nani Lamapi. Yep. And then at centre, I've gone with Antoinette Brown. Yeah, nice. I think midfield was one I, I had big headaches over, just trying to trying to select that, that starting pairing. It's bloody hard. Yeah, I've gone with Antoinette Brown at 12. Jack Goodhue at centre. It's probably going to cause a few question marks given that Goodhue's been playing 12 all year for the Crusaders, but he's never started at 12 for the All Blacks and I don't see why that would change this year just because you know, I think he's been playing 12 just because they want to put Braden in or at centre, so mm-hmm. the Crusaders that is. So yeah, Anton Leonard Brown and Jack Goodhue are my midfield pairing, but yeah, leaving out Nani Lomapi again is a, a bloody hard call to make given just how good he is. He's so consistent. Just an amazing ball runner. He's so good. Even even has been doing a little bit of kicking the past mm-hmm. you know, this this season. Like he's he re- he's a really good player. It's just so tough to leave him out of that midfield. Yeah, and again, like when you sort of take into consideration the fact that Antoinette Brown and Jack Goodhue were the starting midfield at the World Cup last year, it's sort mm. of like, well, how can you overlook that? But I think for me, I've Sort of similar to the, the Ma'anonu and Conrad Smith combination, I like to have a bit of sort of yin and yang, where, yeah. you know, Lau Marpi's the ball runner, and not to say that he's not skillful, because he has made massive strides, like you said, with his short-kicking game, with his passing and his offloading, and he's actually a lot quicker in the open field than what I actually thought. Like, when you see him make these yeah. breaks, he's actually got a bit of, like, sort of, he actually has a bit of top-end toe. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering that... It... Oh, during the season, like I remember him when he when he first started at the Hurricanes, I just remember him as being slow. Like whenever he made breaks, he'd always get chased out. Whereas that doesn't seem to be the case now. Like oh, like he's he does get ground made on him, but like you don't often actually see him get properly chased down anymore. Yeah, I don't know and... if it's something he's worked on or if it's just like I don't know. It just happens to have been the case where the people chasing him just haven't got him, or what it might it be. But yeah, wait, what, it was the try against the Sharks. That I think we're he caught like the he's caught like this ugly cross kick from Geordie or Jackson. He was he went up the wing and I was like, I wasn't sure if it was him or Suffle, Obviously, with those guys being quite quick, and then he <laughs> actually showed up. He actually didn't run over the guy. He gave him like an in and out. Yeah, yeah, and that's I was right. Like, Far out. Like, <laughs> I think this spoke... I think Nispo had the same um, confusion as you. I'm pretty sure he called it a sophomore more as well. And then he's like, oh, no, it's La Marpri. <laughs> and then, yeah, he did the, did the little in and out and away he was. So um, to be fair, the defender was probably shitting himself and wasn't going to tackle him either way. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, – I, I do feel sorry for Nani. And 
and I do also agree with your assessment of like Goodhue and Leonard Brown are very similar players. Like they're both, you know, super effective at offloading the ball, can run the ball pretty well and defend strongly. You know, Good Goodhue's a great defender. Leonard Brown's not far behind, I think. But yeah, it's it's almost impossible to, to kind of like make a definitive case for any any midfield combination without leaving another out. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like you said, when you touch on the defence, I think when you get to that test level, as much as, you know, the try scoring and the breaks that are being made, get all the sort of, all the highlights and get all the write-ups, defence is actually sort of the big thing, mm. especially at centre. And like you said, good you and Nita Brown are very, very consistent. They don't really miss a lot of tackles. And I think, I mean, Lau Mafia isn't a bad defender, but when you get to that test level, that's sort of the thing that, puts you under the pump and yeah yeah for as much as he can get the go forward going um which is why i've sort of put him in there i think i think again like the only way that you learn to sort of play at that level is if you get consistent game time there and i think for all the all the perks that you have with him at 12 in terms of you know being able to run the one two cut and do whatever else but i think yeah he's he's too good a player i think not to sort of pick up on that stuff so yeah that was sort of my case for him but my uh, my other midfielders, like you said, so obviously you'd work in good you there, depending on what combination you go with. And then my two other midfielders were Rico Iwani. So I've included him. He sort of provides that cover in the outside backs as well. Mm-hmm. And the same with Braden Enor. Yeah, right. I've gone with the just the four midfielders there. So Almafi obviously is, is the one outside of my starting combo. And then Braden Enor as well, I've chosen. I... I found it really tough to choose between Enor and TJ Fiani. I think you know they're, they're two quite different players. Fiani's not all that explosive uh, with the ball in hand, but he's a great defender. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes anymore, and kind of probably has has that leadership about him as well. So, yes. like he's he's been really good the past couple of years, and and he, I think he probably deserves a crack eventually. But it's just such a stacked midfield that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he will ever get a crack, and Braden Enor just gets the nod for me. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Braden Enor. Uh, he's been playing a lot more consistently at 13 for the Crusaders this year. And yeah. I think the thing that separates him from all of those midfielders is that he's as fast as a winger. And I think, like you said, when you sort of get to the next, like again, you're hammering at home, but when you get to the test level, you know, everyone can be good at something, but you sort of need to be great at something you know sort of to sort of punch your way into a team and I think for him that he's you know he has the ability that you know when he makes the half break that he can actually take off rather than yeah, you know, exactly. obviously being, being being chased down and whatever else so and and I think you know to to be a center in the all Blacks, you have to have pretty good turn of foot because more often than not like the your insides are going to be very good offloads of the ball so like in or kind of fills that Gap perfectly, I think. Like if he's, you know, if if ALB or or Gucci were to go down, I think you know, wouldn't have too many issues in, in stepping up to plug that centre hole. No, and he, yeah, and he's he's just got a defence as well. He's he leads to Crusaders line, so yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's fine. There. Can we um quickly just touch on Joshua? I just want to get your thoughts on him playing second five this year like do you think that has come from the all blacks do you think that's a personal thing do you think that's aaron major like what do you what do you think about him yeah i obviously touched on it again in my podcast about i was pretty skeptical about having him at 
that 12 with Mitch Hunt at 10. Now, yep. I don't think it really does him any favours because you're sort of thrusting him into a position he's never played before in a team that's pretty much going backwards. And, I mean, he's 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 got a wicked pass. Like, I again, I touched on how the Highlanders are looking to sort of play to the wits because they're not that big a team. And I do like the idea of having, you know, a second kicker at 12, um, a second decision maker at 12, which I think could, like Tony Brown sort of touched on, it might be the future of the game because... We are seeing, you know, things being less combative, you know, it's sort of at the top two inches rather than sort of trying to win it with brute strength. But I think it's more so probably um, Aaron Major's call and Tony Brown's call because they are they are two wizards. Uh, but unfortunately, their, their forward pack uh, hasn't been going all that well. And so they haven't really been given the front football that they probably needed to pay or to execute their game plan at the way that they probably envisioned it going. So... Yeah, I don't know. If I'm Josh Iwani, like, I'm the third string all black first five last year, and I've sort of been booted out of my position by a guy who's just rocked up. Mm. And, I mean, like, you know, sort of hats off to him, because obviously he's had to take that on the chin, and he hasn't, you know, come out and complained at all. Yeah, uh, he's, sure. he's You know, his attitude hasn't, gained, um, hasn't changed when he's been playing in those games. I mean, he has been called out defensively, which, again, like I touched on, defending in the midfield is bloody hard. Yeah, and I think even when he was defending with the Highlanders last year, what the, you know, what a lot of teams do with their first five is that they either hide them in the nine channel of a line out, or they have them at fullback. Mm-hmm. And so, like now, you're thrusting them into the front line, uh, where you know you're going to get the likes of Almarpi, Goodhue, Leonard Brown sort of coming in, and you're like you're sort of getting him to learn on the go. And again, like you only do learn how to do something if you are getting sort of consistent game time at it. But yeah, but I'm a fan of the idea, but I'm just not sure he's the... It's tough because he, he does have the skill set probably going forward, but I'm I'm not yeah. sure it was the right time that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think you know, if, if they were getting someone like Aaron Cruden, I think it would make sense to at least give it a try. But to do it just for Mitch Hunt, like to, to try squeeze him in there, like I find it really puzzling. It... it hasn't worked at all, I don't think. And and it's not like the Highlanders are short on midfield options either. Like Tay Walden's been fine at second five. They've got Thomas Vermunga Jensen if they want him there and then obviously um Rob Thompson. Like they're 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 fine in the midfield. They don't they don't need someone in a like become a makeshift twelve. And then yeah, for Yuani to go from, you know, an all black ten, obviously not first choice, but still to be a capped all black to, to be playing twelve at at the country's worst super rugby team. It's just, yeah, bizarre, puzzling. But, yeah, good to get your thoughts on it. I think you made yeah, some no, good points yeah. there. I mean, yeah, like, you, you touched on it. I know that the, the Highlanders have been struggling with injuries, and I think I think Tay Walton only really worked himself in after the first couple of weeks. And I think Rob Thompson obviously didn't have the best start. And, yeah. you know, when, you know, sort of when it rains, it pours for him, unfortunately, with his team going back, because he probably wasn't in the same form he has been the last couple of years. But, yeah, yeah I mean, the thing for me as well, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, Mitch Hunt's going to take over the goal kicking, so you've got to have him in the team. But Joshy Wine is still kicking the goals. So yeah, it's obviously he's something a good that, goal kicker as well. Yeah, it's obviously something that they obviously liked him enough to bring him down to the Crusaders, albeit the fact that I know that they signed him last season, I think before the Super season had started. So it was sort of like one of those things where they weren't all that sure about Iwani. And obviously he, yeah, right. he took off and played well and 
Mitch Hunt was always going to come, but yeah, I'm not sure it was probably the best for Iwani's game going forward because, like, if you, it's hard to tell now because again, we don't know what Ian Boss is going to do. We don't know how well Iwani's going to, you know, develop and you know how much his his game is going to change. But do we really see Iwani as an All Black twelve of the future? Probably yeah, not. I mean, sure, you wouldn't think so, especially given the depth that we've just talked about from that midfield. Like, it's you'd have to make a a pretty out there case to convince me that Ioane was going to be the All Black 12 in the next World Cup or something like that. Yeah, so but no, that, that, that's a really good point to bring up, Matt. Thank you very much for that. Why don't you lead us into our last lot of players? Yeah, sweet. So the outside backs, I've got my starters as Severis, George Bridge, and Geordie Barrett. The exact same. There we go. I thought I thought I was kind of being a little bit controversial there, but clearly not. No, no. no. Um, Geordie, Geordie Barrett for me has been uh, probably the Hurricanes' best player this year. Yeah. And sort of he sort of got back to the form that he was when he first his first rugby season, where you know he I don't know he wasn't making as many mistakes. I think for the past two years for me he was sort of getting mucked around a lot of the time. You know they played him at twelve, they played him at thirteen. There was yeah. even talks of him playing on the wing because you know he wanted to work himself into, into a position where he wanted to start for the All Blacks. But I think it's clear now that his true position is 15. And mm-hmm. the thing that's probably impressed me the most is that I think it's no secret that the Hurricanes uh, were going to struggle uh, to find someone to replace Bowden at 10. And, and they have, I sort of, yeah. I, I mean, I feel for Fletcher Smith and Jackson Garden Bashup because, you, you know, they're sort of walking into a position where they're never going to be Bowden Barrett and they're always going to be compared to Bowden Barrett. Yeah. But I think with the likes of Perinara taking over, he's doing a lot more box kicking and Jordy Barrett stepping up into that first receiver role, he's taken more of a responsibility as a game driver and not yeah. so much sort of taking a step back. And I mean, his, his kick returns have been awesome. His goal kicking has been awesome. Obviously, we saw the game where he won it for the Hurricanes against the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think... And like for me, he's sort of the... If you're thinking of it, you'd be a prototypical fullback for this day and age. I mean, he's... He's massive. Like he's unbelievably tall. Yeah, what is that? Six four or something? I think. Like he's. I'm oh, not. He's six. taller than that, bro. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure he's taller than that. Um, Far out. I don't want to quote something and have somebody be like, "No, no, no, he's as tall." I won't clarify on like how tall I think he is. All I know is that he's he's taller than Bowden. Yeah. And yeah, massive boot, bloody quick, and he's really good in the air. So I think going forward, he's probably the All Blacks fifth in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think like. There are going to be a lot of All Blacks fans that are kind of scarred from some of his previous All Blacks performances. Like, of course, he's had a few moments where he's just kind of imploded under the pressure and done some dumb things. But we've got to remember how young he is. Like, he's, I think he's 23, maybe 24. So, like, he's still super young, still so much to learn. And I think going forward, obviously, like, this, this dual playmaker is kind of it seems to be the way of the future, right? And he's more than capable of filling that second playmaker role. And even if they're not going to do that, I think his skill set at the back to, as you said, like take those high balls, punt down the field to the opposition's 22. Like he's got a lot about him. He's, he's obviously not as dynamic on attack as Amy McKenzie or, or Bowden or even you know George Bridge, who we've seen play fullback a little bit this season. But I think... As a complete player, I think you're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better fullback in New Zealand. Mm, yeah, no, spot on, man. My reserves, so I think if you're having, if you're talking about the 23, I've had Damien McKenzie. Yeah. 
I had Rico Iwani as part of my midfield, but he, because I took an extra midfielder, he covers that sort of depth in the outside backs. And yeah. then my last pick was David Havili. Now, my exemption, obviously, like, is Mark Talia. Now, he's, yeah. been, he's been unbelievably good for the, for the Blues this year. But I think he's probably similar to... I mean, he, he, he's young as well. He's like 23. I don't... He looks 30, Mark Talia, but <laughs> yeah. he's, he's still... He's like I think the ball, the ball head throws, throws you off, right? Like, you just look at him and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's probably been a bit of a club battler in Auckland, but he's finally cracked it. <laughs> nah. nah, bro. Yeah, yeah. he's um, yeah, the skinnier dome doesn't do him any favors. Um, I but I think he's probably similar to. I mean, he's different to Ben Lamb because he's he you know he's quite jinky with ball in hand, whereas Ben yeah. Lamb was just a, an excellent finisher. Yeah, and he was bloody quick, and I think Mark Talia may be similar to Severis. If there's an injury, he might be able to work his way into the team. But I think Iwani's sort of been a staple in the All Black setup, and I don't think they're going to drop him. And then you have Damien McKenzie, who, again, is a utility. And I think David Havili, before he got injured, was the Crusaders' best player. And he can probably fit into the wing, if need be. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he, that rounds up my my squad. Yeah, so I've, I've kind of got one less outside back because I chose Aaron Cruden as, you know, in my first half choices with Richie and, and Bowden. Mm-hmm. So um, Damien McKenzie rounds out my outside backs, obviously, is, is what we, uh, I think is kind of, by default, but yeah, Mark Mark Talia I found bloody hard to leave out. Like he's just been so good this year. Pretty much every time he touches the ball, he's you know, jinking around and, and bloody hard to put down. And then um, Ben Lamb and Havili also I considered. Rico Ioane, like I don't know. I think I've kind of put him on hold in terms of my um, I don't know expectations. I think like he's just not he's not been anywhere near what he was a couple of years ago, and like he's he still had a few good touches this year. Like I can't remember who it was against, but that Blues game where he scored a couple of tries and just like steamrolled his way over, like from the midfield and stuff. Like he's still bloody talented, but the consistency just isn't you know, anywhere close to what it was when he was you know, whatever he was awarded, like the Newcomer of the Year or whatever at the World Rugby Awards. Sean Stevenson has also been really good, but I don't think he's that close to being in contention. Really, maybe a couple yeah. of years. Will Jordan, I think he's had concussion issues, but he's obviously one that's probably easy to forget. But like he he's definitely on the All Blacks radar as we've seen last year. So one that I also considered. But yeah, Severis, George Bridge, Geordie Barrett, Damien McKenzie is my I suppose obvious outside backs with a little bit of Bowden Barrett in there, depending on how Ian Foster tackles it. Yeah, yeah. No, you you make some good points. I'm I'm a massive fan of Will Jordan. Uh, and he's yeah. obviously come out and said that because there were a lot of question marks about you know sort of him moving because he's stuck behind Bridge, Havili, and Reese, and he's he's come out and pretty much said that you know I love being involved in the Crusader setup because he loves the culture, he obviously loves to win, and I think he knows that you know patience is a virtue. That eventually I think you know his opinion you know with injuries and all that that he's he's always going to be in the twenty three. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, again, he's probably one that's been earmarked um, for the future. Yeah, Sean Stevenson was another another guy who's been really good for the Chiefs, but I think he's yeah he's probably not as close to the All Black setup as someone like Will for me. And yeah, no, I Iwani's like I think one of the things that I always try to sort of put into perspective when I'm thinking about guys whose whose roles are really reliant on somebody else sort of feeding them the ball. It's like 
Mm-hmm. How much better would Riku Iwani look if he was on the end of the Crusaders' back line? Because he's in the blue setup and he's probably been asked to do more uh, than what someone like Severis or George Bridges being asked to do at the Crusaders that I think a lot of the time he might find himself trying to do too much. I think especially when he got out of the All Blacks starting lineup mm-hmm. and when he really got the job to for the All Blacks, it was almost like he's always trying to make the break and trying to score a try and trying to do too much. Yeah, right. Especially with him having um, a bit of an experience. And yeah. again, like he burst onto the scene at 19 and... One of the one of the other things that um, my old man actually likes to about is the fact that the actual lifespan of all black wingers isn't actually all that long. Like when you if you actually think back to how many of the all blacks outside backs outside of fullback have actually gone into their thirties or into their late twenties, the only real guy who's done it has been Smith. Like if you yeah. like like, if like just sort of starting with childhood. I mean, Doug Hallett's probably another one as well. Sort of stuck around a bit, but you think about Joe Kafoko, Sitaveni Savivatu, they burst onto the scene, they score like 20 tries in 20 games, but then they're sort of out of the setup by the time they're like 25, 26. And then at that stage, yeah, you know, the, guys like Julian Sevier come in, yeah, he I mean, was a monster. He was probably one of the out. long tenured ones, right? But even that, like relative to pretty much any other position in the All Blacks, it's, it's so short. Like you would have you would have put Sevier as a shoe in to. To overtake um, Doug Howard as the you know all-time leader for the All Blacks for tries, and then what do you know? Like two years, two years after the um, 2015 World Cup, he can barely crack the the Hurricanes starting team. No, it was, it was even a year after, wasn't it? 2016 yeah. when the Hurricanes won, like he wasn't even starting in the final. So yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly they can um, you know wings All Black wings can have their careers kind of not fall to pieces, but just just drop significantly I suppose so yeah I, no I think I do agree with with you in the sense that Yuan is not in the ideal position at the Blues like I think his move to midfield only kind of confirms that right like he's he's obviously like really hungry to get in there and like impact the game every way he can but midfield I don't think is the right place for him to do that but then can he trust his insides not that like Fianna are marching a bad or anything but he's probably just so scarred from like previous seasons that he had with them but even yeah. that that was kind of my that was my mindset going into the world cup last year i i, I was leaning on the side of yuani's fence uh, sorry i was leaning on on rico yuani's side like i was thinking right this will be his kind of comeback like he's in the all blacks he'll have his chances this will be him back and it just never eventuated so that was kind of the the last straw for me so that's that's the reason why I've left him out, sadly. But, yeah, there we have it. You know, I think the, the thing you'll find with the outside backs is that it's really easy for them to float in and out of games because, I mean, you're standing out on the wing and you can only really do so much if the ball comes your way. I mean, you can go looking for it, but then you don't want to be caught out in a position where, you know, there's a, a five-on-three down the blind side or whatever and you're, you know, stuck in a ruck in the middle of the field because, you know, you got too impatient waiting for the ball. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what Severis does really well. Eh? Like he's, he'll often just be kind of lingering around the fringes of a ruck or kind of you know just behind the back line for a little like short ball at second receiver or something. Like he's he's all over the show, which I think makes him stand out even more than what he would if he was just sticking to his like a usual wing role. And like anything, bro, like if a team's winning, it's really hard not to pick them. And I guess obviously off the back of that test in Auckland last year when him and Bridge got their opportunity. Mm. 
yeah, you can't not pick guys because you know why fix something that's not broken. So yeah, I think I think yeah, Bridge and Reese will be the wingers going into this year if we do get Test football. But yeah, like I said, like who's to know whether or not Sever Reese can continue his form or George Bridge. I think George Bridge probably is probably the one for me. He's sort of in that Ben Smith mould where he doesn't make yeah. a lot of mistakes and he you know, he's he's got that breakaway toe. I think he's probably gonna be another one who we'll probably see be in the all back jumper probably well into his thirties. Yeah, well that's you know, that's the thing. The I think I think like kind of indicative of how the the all backs have been playing the last year or two, like with Ben Smith being on the wing, I think George George Bridge pretty much fills that role perfectly. Like he's been playing he's played full back a little bit for the Crusaders this year, which has probably just helped him sharpen those those traditional fullback skills a little bit more and that'll I think only just in his case to be one of the starting wings for the All Blacks. Definitely man, so yeah that's our um that's our all black squads. Yeah a bit of indifference. As expected yeah, with, uh... as always as well with us. <laughs> yeah but that actually went quite well. We didn't get too heated at all. Um, nah. I mean this is over the phone so <laughs> I can't really do anything from here but no that was really good. Um thank you very much Matt for joining me. Pleasure mate. Always here if you need someone to chat with. Keep healthy and uh, let's let's pray that we get a little bit of rugby back in in, in a couple of months' time with a bit of luck. For sure, man. I've already started doing that. <laughs> All right, cheers, All right. mate. Catch Good to chat.